Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Welcome back. Because High Five is the only podcast you listen to. Or should be listening to. Jason Remix. I like that they kind of layered together. People don't realize this, but it layered over each other and made a sweet ass uh, Diplo style remix. It did. It's, it's our comeback remix. Perfect. High Five me. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. And we're back. Again, that's two comebacks in a row, Q. In, well, well, when we go away for so long, we have to come back doubly as hard. We do. We do. That's in the rule book. Q, I have forgotten how to podcast. I have forgotten that you knew how to podcast. I don't know if I ever did, but we're about to find <laughs> out because we're back, Q. High we're Five back. Podcast is officially back on the air. And what a lot of people don't know is we are now, geographically speaking, covering more of the United States than we ever have before. We have. We've actually franchised the podcast. We have. Which is so great. I have, I have moved to Omaha, Nebraska to really head up and spearhead our effort out here in the Midwest. You're in our, you're in our, like our, our West coast office. I am Midwest the, office. the Midwest coast. Honestly, anything past Kansas for me in Tennessee is West coast. Is it? Got so, it. Yeah. So you're on the West coast for me. I am. And over here it's, How's that uh, weather cue? it's sunshiny. It's 80 degrees. I'm wearing board shorts. <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. It definitely isn't snowing outside currently. No, it definitely is and not. I Cause am, you're on the West coast. I'm currently also not definitely wearing a Snuggie for sure <laughs> because it's beautiful. Oh. It's sunshiny. Hold on. Let me ask these surfers to get out of my front yard. Hey guys, quit surfing in my front yard because I'm on the beach. Cause I'm in the Midwest coast. All right. They left. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, Hey man, it's been a long time. I tell you what I am, you know, at first I thought the hologram projector to put you in the room with me while recording was a little bit pricey and kind of unnecessary, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it's not. And I'm glad that I sprung for the smell vision version because your scent is intoxicating. Good. Well, I mean, you know, I thought it was a little over the top that you bought the actual R2 unit just to have the little mini hologram of me on your desk. But you know what? It's your life, and you should be able to choose how you spend your money. And quite frankly, the fact that it's a coffee maker too is really impressive. It is. That's how that's how I spend my fat podcasting cash. Because everybody knows podcasters are just like rich AF, rolling in dough. We're like the point five percent. We are this the bottom percent, right? But you know, it's right. still it's still there. Right. We're there, guys, for sure. Welcome. So, what have you been up to, man? Mainly, I've been trying to catch up on some movies. But I'm excited, man. This is going to be a big year. This is going to be an exciting year. We've got a lot of new stuff in the works. Uh, but more than anything, I'm just happy to be back on the mic with you 
talking about movies and figuring out the definitive rankings for things that people care about. Because that's what we do. People turn to us when times are tough. They look to us to give them their definitive top five rankings on any such pop culture related topic. And you know what? We went away for three months and the world went into utter chaos. I'm not going to say that the the fact that we weren't releasing new episodes is the reason the last two months or three months have been so tumultuous around the world. But I'm thinking that the the reason things have been so tumultuous around the world is that we haven't been releasing new episodes. It is. It is. And, you know, <clears throat> we saw the high five uh, hand bat signal that we gave uh, the governor of Minnesota. <laughs> we can only, we can only afford one. It's a beta launch. It is. Uh, we soft launched in Minnesota and we saw the high five hand up in the sky. Well, technically we didn't see it because it is in Minnesota. Neither one of us are there, but someone called us from Minnesota and told us that they saw it. They did call us and they said, Hey, this weird high five hand has been in the sky for like a month and a half. I'm pretty sure you're needed. And we were like, oh, got it. So we finally had to get back. And here we are. High Five the Podcast is officially back. Everyone, you're welcome. Breathe a sigh of relief. No more natural disasters from here forward, just so you know. No, no, it's it's not going to happen. The shutdown's going to end. Everything's going to be great. No more wildfires. Nope. Earthquakes over with. That's a thing of the past. Tsunamis. (laughs) Done. Tsunamis never happening. More like tsunomis. That's right. <laughs> that was pretty you good. You can cut that joke. That was no, terrible. I'm keeping that. That was that was in terrible taste, and I love it. Of course you're keeping it. Well, I'm, I'm sure people have forgotten who we are, so I should say, you know, again, welcome back to High Five Podcast, everybody. I'm one of your hosts, Jay. And nobody forgot who I am. You know me. It's your boy, Q. Hey, so you mentioned at the top of this that we are building... Um, a, a proverbial blooming onion of a show this year. So basically we're adding layers and just like an onion, they're smelly and they make you cry a little bit, but you know, anyone who is watching our YouTube video um, knows about this ahead of time, but we are adding some new layers in 2019. Shit. We got a YouTube channel y'all. Yeah. We got a YouTube channel. Search us out on YouTube. High five colon the podcast. You'll be able to find us. Uh, One of the cool things that we're doing this year, guys, make sure you subscribe to that YouTube channel because we're going to have videos coming out just about every week. We've got movie reviews. We're going to have Seinfeld Sundays where me and Amanda are going through and watching all the episodes of Seinfeld. Wait, 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 wait. What? Who is Amanda? You know Amanda. Everyone knows Amanda. She's she's my wife, but she's been on the show a lot. She's had, uh, you know, been been a part of our take three reviews. Um, you mean a? a she's revealing her name this year. That's a huge thing. Are you revealing your, your name, Jehoshaphat? I am not, but we're revealing our faces. Oh, you're sticking with Jay. So we're going to have those series going out. We're going to have you and Haley are going to do some series, uh, kind of like your Popeye video episode from last year. It's going to be great. We have all this new stuff coming. Who, wait, who is who Haley? Is Haley Q. I don't know. Oh, that, <laughs> you said that's, that's an unfortunate. You should know who Haley is. I have no idea who that is. No, Haley is my partner in crime, my ace in the hole. She's my female counterpart. She is going to be uh, doing some videos and episodes and shite with us as well. We're adding layers. We're adding people. We're adding genders. Uh, a female perspective. It's gonna. It's 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 something that everyone doesn't want to miss, and so. To kind of, <laughs> I thought you were going to end it with, it's something that everyone doesn't want. <laughs> pause, 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 pause. <clears throat> to miss. To miss. <laughs> but because of that, one of the things we wanted to do with these first episodes coming back into the new season, we're going to be introducing our lady cohorts in a little ways that we've given them the option to choose our first two video to- or episode topics. We have. And- I'm excited about them, Q. I think they chose some pretty good topics for us. They're fine. Yeah. I mean, mean you know, it's, you're, it's I, okay. I'm obviously more excited about them as than you. Uh, but, you know, I think I think they're going to be. And you know what? Fuck you. They're going to be great. <laughs> you know what? Fuck this. They are going to be great. No, so, uh, I'm um, excited. Yeah, we do have some some cool topics. So this one, your lady friend picked out and it's uh, uh top five 
actor comebacks? Yeah, top five actor comebacks. So we're coming back for the new season. We've been on hiatus for a while. What? What better way than to talk about actors who disappeared from the limelight and then came back even bigger than before? Much like we did. Much like we did, exactly. So people, you know, a lot of people call me the Robert Downey Jr. of podcasting. Um, I will accept it. Uh, 100%. I think it's mainly because of my looks. But we'll Absolutely. see. We're gonna, a we're lot gonna of people call me the Ruth Bader Ginsburg of podcasting. Ooh, so ouch. I think that's true. Not ouch. That's great. That's great. What are you talking about, ouch? No, not ouch. That was That's going to be it great. It just means that our show is primarily on the basis of sex. Ooh, movie reference. Uh, and, your base, <laughs> and you recently had rib surgery. That's true. Oh, she's going strong, though. She's tough. She's great. She's great. She's got to stick around. One day, I hope to be as tough as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. All of us hope one day we're as tough as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Faux show. So, all right. So, since we're on the topic of uh, actor comebacks, I mean, you mentioned Robert Downey Jr. Just right off the bat, let's get into what what denotes a comeback for you. Okay, so for me, when I was thinking about this list, basically what I wanted was to to highlight someone who had some sort of career, some sort of notable career in a medium, in a channel, and then either due to life circumstances, career circumstances, whatever, disappeared from the limelight for a while. Okay. And then has come back later, either through a singular role or through a series of very good choices to have a career that's even bigger than the one they did before. Got it. All right. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm looking so for. So what about you? Barney off the list had a huge career, yeah, of course. disappeared, never came back. Never, yes. A, never came back. So he would be out pretty much immediately. Got it. What about Pee Wee Herman? Big career, disappeared, you know came back a little bit, disappeared again. <laughs> Had a little bit of a Netflix movie and then disappeared again. He he might be up for debate, but probably yeah. not. Um, let's <laughs> see. I'm gonna just keep thinking of new people. Uh, what about Matthew McConaughey? Would he qualify? In see, I definitely think he would qualify. I definitely think he would qualify, mainly because he had a huge career. Then he made a lot of stinkers, and everyone sort of made fun of him for years. No, say the last handful of years, he's been coming back. You know who's one of my favorites right now that I think of when I think career renaissance? Who's that? Michael Keaton. You know what? He's actually a really good choice in that. Michael Keaton, huge 80s and 90s. Huge megastar proportions. Kind of disappeared during the early 2000s. And has his career has infinitely picked back up with, you know, Birdman. Um, He was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, he was great in that. um, he's gonna be at the he's gonna be in the sequel I heard so oh, yeah. he's gonna also be in Far From Home. Um, he's in the new Dumbo movie that Tim Burton's making. That's true. I'd forgotten he's uh, there's a bunch of people in that, but I had forgotten that he was in that. Yeah, so I I really think he's he's a strong one for me. I admire when when actors go away and kind of re- reinvent themselves, so to speak. Yeah, and then come back. Um, I feel like uh, let's see who else did that for me. Um, well, I think there's, well, you know what, you know, someone who I think of who kind of reinvented themselves in a, and then found their niche would be like a Jason Bateman. Ooh, that's good. Because, you know, Silver Spoons and he was sort of a sitcom kid, Teen Wolf 2. And then he came back as the persona that he is now the smart, quick, quick talking kind of every man. Um, he usually plays the straight man in most of the stories, which I just think is a perfect kind of foil for him to be in. Um, but he would be one that I would say could fit the mold, you know, and I would say that he definitely reinvented what his public persona is in that hiatus. Did you watch uh, Ozark? I I have seen a handful of Ozark and that's actually a good point because not only is he writing and direct, he directed every episode in one of those, I think the first season of that show and he's getting, you know, Emmy nominations for it. So yeah, he's definitely back up at the top of that rung. Uh, you know, a lot thanks to Arrested Development. For sure. And the weird part is too, that like, I feel like sometimes once they dial that in, they dial in their niche, they kind of stick with that. So I would argue that he kind of has played all of his characters to a degree of Michael Bluth from Arrested Development. Yeah. I, all- I would say so too. And so 
you know, when thinking about that, I would say that, you know, like looking at him and Matthew McConaughey, I would say McConaughey has a bigger, more varied career when it comes to like the types of roles that he takes. But Bateman was able to find that niche and really, really dive into it. And to be honest, that's kind of what the pop culture mediums that we take in nowadays are all built around. Everyone's just going more and more niche of, well, I like these types of things. I want to learn more about these types of things. So the more niche and the more focused you can be, the better chance you have of finding not a, a wide audience, but a dedicated audience. So I would bet there are people that just love Jason Bateman for what that character is and will now watch just about everything he's in out, you know, not so much along the lines that Matthew McConaughey is in where he's like, oh, he's proving himself a great actor and sure. I'll watch you know, all these varied things that he's choosing. Sure. What about, um, what about uh, Neil Patrick Harris? I think I had him in my notes too, because, you know, obviously you had the doogies when he was younger. Um, he was, a- he had him just dropping doogies. He was just dropping dogs all over the place. Everybody loved the dogs that he was dropping. And then he faded away, but because of things like how I met your mother and, um, and then, uh, oh, the Harold and Kumar yeah. movies that he starred in. I really think this is going to be the weirdest thing that, that I say in a while, but I think that Neil Patrick Harris owes his success to Harold and Kumar. Oh, I would 100% agree. I think he would agree too, because he got cast in how I met your mother because of that. Isn't that true? That is true. They, they, Harold and Kumar series, they pulled a Chuck Norris because Chuck Norris hit these like weird levels of fame because he became a viral sensation. They turned him into like a caricature of himself and so it became like suddenly the like the legendary Chuck Norris, like Chuck Norris punches through 10 people's faces with one punch, you know, <laughs> and like they did that with Neil Patrick Harris in this movie. They were like Neil Patrick Harris, like crazy drug lord, <laughs> like, also, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 uh, they crazy misogynistic, like totally. Um, and that wasn't that wasn't him and obviously anybody that knows him that's not that's not him but he played this like heightened version of himself in those movies and i feel like when celebrities do that it's pretty much a guaranteed comeback oh especially now anytime a celebrity parodies themselves you're you're guaranteed an acceptance letter back into the world of fame i think and, and not even in the comeback world i think that's one of the biggest appeals for me for that movie this is the end is that all of the actors in that movie are playing fictionalized, very shitty like, versions. close versions of themselves? And totally, one hundred percent. Michael Sarah is my favorite in that movie. Oh, he's great in that. He is so funny. He's Just funny like on cocaine all the time. He gets impaled by a light pole in that one, doesn't he? For sure. Okay, great. Yes, and then into falls into hole. a pit. Yes. Oh man. Um, but I mean, it, it is, it's one of those things that I respect an actor who can sort of, oh, let's talk about Matthew McConaughey for a little bit. Matthew okay. McConaughey is one of those where I respect what he did because, you know, Dazed and Confused, his early movies, I am a huge fan of. I've always thought that he was an extremely talented actor, but then he hit that run and he's one of the ones that I would say sort of faded away because of poor choices in film sure so he did you know how to lose a guy in 10 days he did sahara he did ghosts of girlfriends past and he did all these strings of movies right in a row that i would say really really hurt his credibility or his career but then one of the things that i really really liked about matthew mcconaughey is instead of trying to figure out a way to be in a whole bunch of tentpole blockbuster movies he started doing really really low budget actor based movie. So he did like right. the muds and things like that. The, the that, muds. I imagine yeah, well, that's like a weird, like spinoff series of his movie mud, like yeah, the muds. muds. Welcome to Welcome the mud to family. The mud. We're the muds. I'm grandpa mud. I'm grandma mud. I'm baby I'm mud. Do, 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 baby mud. Do, 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 Baby mud, do, do, do. All right. Now I'm going to do that forever now. I know. You're welcome. 
but but and then from those movies obviously got true detective yeah and and from there you know history has been told history I mean, has its eyes really, on him you would you say yes he's getting back into the realm of wow this guy's a fucking great actor sure. which is what i always appreciated about him at the beginning i agree i agree i think um you know who kind of had like a weird career renaissance and then failure and then has now kind of been like ousted out of because that's an interesting thing too is like when celebrities are huge come back or disappear come back and then do something terrible and get removed like permanently so okay uh, okay chevy chase is one of those people oh man. so like see chevy chase is one of those where i have such a warm feeling in my heart for chevy chase because of the the national lampoons movies saturday night live fletch um and then almost with community sure and so that's what happened almost so came he back. he well he did let's i mean let's let's not because because uh, around community time is the same time that he did a uh, hot tub time machine he is funny so in that. he he definitely had a career renaissance or resurgence but then all of a sudden so much shit came out about him just being a massive tool bag that Yes. That Hollywood kind of just shunned him again. Like they were like, all right, well, fuck you. Your time's over. Goodbye. They put him in that vacation reboot and then were like, all right, now back on the shelf. It's weird. And so that always fascinates me too in, in career comebacks and moves. And to be honest, the person, and I know you mentioned him at the top of the show, but the person who has had kind of the most Hollywood chances has been Robert Downey Jr. That dude has oh, yeah, my God. come out swinging been bottomed out came back bottomed out again came back bottomed out and then now came back and honestly arguably uh, or not arguably so i would say he owes his entire career as it stands right now to iron man and marvel yeah john favreau in like specifically yeah because without that, I don't know that he, I mean, he would definitely not be the Robert Downey Jr. that everybody knows today. No. Now, what I would say, let me, I, I want to throw in a caveat to that because I would almost say that Robert Downey Jr. owes his current standing to Shane Black. Okay. Because I really think that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was the movie that John Favreau saw that kind of solidified for him that robert downey jr could play iron man really you think so I, I i mean i don't know i can't say that for a fact i haven't talked to fabs in a while um but i really do think that i remember that being the moment for me when i saw kiss kiss bang bang and i thought to myself wow robert downey jr is really 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 good in this and then it was not too long after that that I heard about him getting Iron Man. I would say that that's fair, but I will say I don't feel like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was a big enough movie to say that that launched his career comeback. No, no, no. I don't say I don't think it launched it, but I do think it was the stepping stone that had to be in place for him to get the Marvel job that then launched his career. Okay, back. yeah, I can agree with that. I would almost say without Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, we wouldn't have him in Iron Man. I don't okay. know that for a fact, but that's my guess. You know, what's funny is, so Iron Man was one of those movies that like languished in like development hell for years and years and years and years. And originally for a really long time, Tom Cruise was attached as Iron Man. Oh my God, that would have not been great. Can you imagine I, a Tom Cruise Iron Man? I don't want to imagine that because I saw Tom Cruise the mummy. Yeah. I do not want Which to Which was imagine. brilliant. I mean... A brilliant's a strong word. I would probably use a it was garbage. A garbage, oh, maybe, would be the word okay, I would that's use. Fair. Um, that's fair. Especially him and Did Russell you see Crowe the interview? Again. Did you see the interview with the director recently of that movie? No. Talking about talking about how he basically regrets that movie. I mean, I it was, that's logical. I understand his position, but what did he say about it? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up real quick. Um, he basically just kind of said that his dream was to be a part of uh, Alex Kurtzman, who is famous for being part of JJ Abrams, Star Trek reboot series. Yeah. Um, he was, he was in the J he was in the Abrams crew for a while. He wrote scripts for transformers for, he wrote the amazing Spider-Man two. So, I mean, he's got some big oh, writing credits. So great movies. Great movies. <laughs> he, uh, Hey, to be fair, I liked 
Amazing Spider-Man two. I'm Wait, that was that was the one with um Jamie with, Fox uh, Paul Giamatti. Yes. Oh, I go Paul Giamatti with his sweaty Russian rhino. He was in it for like two seconds at the end of the movie, and the beginning. He's the uh, pre-credits opener. Okay, but I, when so, I think of that movie, I think Jamie Fox because he was the bad guy for the. Majority you liked of that, that movie? movie? Yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Gwen I thought Stacey it, I didn't died. think it was. This, I didn't think it was. Well, that that. That the Gwen Stacy storyline, I gave them a lot of credit for, but I did think, what did, how did it compare for you uh, for the first Amazing Spider-Man, the one with Lizard? I liked it better. You liked it better. See, I liked it worse. Yeah. I liked it better mainly because I don't like the Lizard as a character. Oh, uh, and so well, see, that that that's for me that was just Spider-Man fighting a big monster, which I'm not really into. I kind of like the you idea. You want it to be, have more human motivation? Yeah. And I'm I mean, that. now I thought I thought the guy uh, Riz, what's his name? The guy oh, who Rice Afons. Rice Afon, thank you. I thought he did fine. Like I thought, you know, he's a good actor. I thought he did fine in that movie. But I think we can both agree that the new Spider-Man with Tom Holland, um, though the Homecoming was better than both of those. For we sure. Agree on that. Okay, good. So we we agree on that. Oh yeah. No, no, I'm not saying that. No, let me let me restate then because I think you <laughs> yes. misunderstood. Clarify your position, Q. Uh, I enjoyed that movie for what it was. If I'm stacking it up against like current Spider-Man, honestly, I don't think any Spider-Man movie has been as good as Into the Spider-Verse is. I feel oh like, my god! I I feel I like that's the high water watermark now for Spider-Man films for Spider for the Spider-Mans, if you will. Well, okay, this this can kind of segue us back into our topic because I think I even mentioned this to you during our hiatus is if we're talking about comeback people, Nick Cage might be in that group. Ooh, man, Nick Cage is a is a real interesting in- guy. Interesting bird. Well, because I don't know that his career has really I don't say that I don't know that I would say his career has come back. <laughs> Not yet, but I'm saying not yet. But Unless think about you're referencing volume of movies that he's making, which is a lot. <laughs> now, what what I'm saying is that I think I would on, almost want us to put a note in our calendars and re and come back to this conversation in two years. Okay. Because I think we're at the very beginning of the cage of a resurgence for Nick. Yeah, cage assaults. Because think of it this way, you know, Nick Cage was huge. In the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. Huge. Um, even through the 90s with like The Rock and, uh, sure. and Con Air and man. his action movies. And then he faded away. But in the last handful of years, he's almost had a resurgence of persona, sort of like uh, sure. the Chuck Norris that we talked about. And he's almost gotten a life outside of movies. And he's sort of using that to his advantage <sighs> now where he's – I think I had said to you – he could, if he wanted to, move to be like the new Adam West. I, I Here's what I feel. I don't feel like he could be an Adam West, and I thought about that after that conversation with you. I feel like he's moving to be the new Gary Busey. Oh, okay. I do, I, and that's, I can, that's legitimate. I can see that. I can see because that. Because I don't know that he's aware of how batshit crazy he is. I don't know, man. If you sign on to do the movie Mandy... You you have to know. But to be fair, to that's, that's just that's one of, of like 30 movies he signed on to do. I don't know that he does know. I think he's just taking jobs. <laughs> and once they turn out amazing, he's going, well, yeah, I knew that this was going to be an amazing that's what, film I, that's what I did. when I decided to do it. Uh, but at the maybe, time, I also maybe. made uh, fucking Lost in Little Bangkok or whatever the fuck that movie was where he plays oh. like an assassin in Bangkok. That's that's true. But he did do that mom and dad movie. Did you ever see that in the mom and dad I one? I didn't, but I heard mixed things about it. I heard it was okay. It, it was wasn't good. as good as it could have been. Agreed. That's that's the gist of that movie. Now, what I will say is that Nick Cage is full on Nick Cage. In but that see, movie. that's the He's thing. He's having a blast. I think it's just if the movie can support his Gary Busey-ness, then it's a successful performance. But if the movie does not, and he is the only one being a Busey in a sea of Michael Sarah's, it's a, <laughs> it's a real problem. 
That I want that as now, by the way, I want that as a t-shirt. I just want to say I want a t-shirt that says be a busey in a sea of Michael Sarah's. What I want is I want a buddy cop movie between Gary Busey and Michael Sarah now. <laughs> Same. Gary Busey Gary Busey is the old curmudgeonly detective on the force, and Michael Sarah is a right out of grad school analyst that has to go with them on a case. And then Michael Sarah gets falls into a cloning machine, and there are thirty of them. And Gary Busey has to babysit thirty Michael Sarahs, a la multiplicity. Oh my god, I'm into it, Steve. That's that's the movie. You get my multiplicity reference. I did. I, like I did. Pizza, Steve. It could be called I like pizza a lot. It could be called Busey No Evil. <laughs> uh, that is a that is a stretch, I believe. Okay, what? How about ceremonial Busey? <laughs> ceremonial Busey. Um, yeah. I like that. It gets Michael Sarah and Busey in. Sure. There. Uh, how about? <laughs> I don't like this idea at all. Let's not let's not hire either of them for perfect. Anything. Uh, so yeah, so that's where I'm at on Nick Cage, man. I think he's. I don't know if it's him as much him making a resurgence as it is the movies that he is in getting publicity. I don't think people would. I don't know. I don't think it. I think it's more of a like, let's stare at that than a, ooh, this was actually yeah. good. Now, did you see Mandy? I did not. I I would thoroughly I know, recommend what everybody it. said. It is. It's batshit crazy, and honestly, it's one of those where you watch it and you can't not think that he does a good job. It might be over the top, it might be crazy, but he does a good sure. job. I would, I would definitely recommend Mandy for anyone who's looking for the heaviest of crazy that you see this year. What about a? Uh, you know who's an actor that I wish would make more of a st- a strong comeback, and they might now via television. I've seen uh, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I love I love Shimmy, and I feel like he's not in enough. But I did see a trailer recently for a TV series that's coming. <gasps> the one where he's God, God. and where Daniel he's God Radcliffe. and his angel is yes. Harry Potter. Yeah, and that looks that awesome. miniseries. That's like a limited miniseries. I don't think it's going to turn into like a good place like it did for I'm Ted Danson. Ooh. Hey, I'm into Ted it. Danson, I, that's another guy. But to be fair, I don't know that his star ever really fell off. He's kind of like consistently been doing things since Cheers. And that's that's the tough part about this, because there are some people who might not be top tier A-list opening movies actors, but you can't say that they ever went away, because I don't think there's ever been a time since Cheers where people looked at Ted Danson and was like, Who? You know, he's always totally. been there. You know, he was in that Bored to Death show on HBO. He's, um, you know, he's... He was Becker. He had his own TV his, series. Which was very well received. Um, totally. The, and ran for a long time. And it launched the career of, I forget her, the actress name, but she was in uh, the Saw franchise. Um, she was the one yeah. that was like Jigsaw's, you know, apprentice for most yeah, of it. Accomplice. Um, and she did really yeah. good in it, I thought. Um, but yeah, so Ted Danson's one I wouldn't say ever went away. You did bring up a point, though, that I, I kind of want to dive in with you. Um, one of the things that you mentioned was, when we talk about Nicolas Cage, and we kind of talked about it with Chuck Norris as well, is there are some people who don't really make a career comeback. They sort of have a comeback in public perception based on their persona. So it's not like Chuck sure. Norris went away and then came back in a string of really, really great projects, and now he's having a resurgence a la, you know, Robert De Niro, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. Um, what Chuck Norris had was he had a career, he went away, and then millennials brought him back with internet jokes. And now For sure. he's doubling down on those internet jokes. I almost would say Nicolas Cage falls into that category of where it's a public resurgence as opposed to a career resurgence. And then the best people use those as a springboard to have a career resurgence. Um, I would say White falls into that category. Yeah, Betty White totally falls into that category. And I feel like our patron saint, B. Arthur. I'm not taking anything away from Betty White. I think she's a fantastic actress. She's an amazing comedian. But, you know, after Golden Girls, after some of the shows that she was in, um, it wasn't a matter of, oh, everyone's hiring Betty White but she became this nostalgic icon for humor 
And then she started getting put in movies and cameos. She hosted that old people do the craziest things uh, reality sure. hidden camera show. Um, she has become the Betty White persona in life. And that's so, vaulting a career comeback. So what do you think, like, what do you think it would take, you know, kind of springboarding off that conversation? What do you think it takes to have a career comeback? Like, let's, let's use, um, let's use a, a solid actor who's in projects, but kind of mostly in obscurity now is uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce okay. Willis. Bruce Willis was the top of the top of the top of oh, man. celebrities creme de la creme. for decades. And over the past several years, he's been kind of relegated to be direct to DVD movies. I've seen him put out quite a few of those. Hasn't really done anything noteworthy, so to speak of. He's in Glass. That's probably his biggest... Yeah. You know, as far as like public awareness, pub public consciousness movie that's coming up, which I think that movie may be coming out the day this episode releases. And apparently it's bad. I know that's what I've heard. And it, that upsets me so bad because I really I enjoyed Split. I love mm -hmm. Unbreakable. Oh, man. Unbreakable. So good. But it really bums me out. And I had a feeling, I'm going to be honest, I had a feeling from the trailers, the trailers that I was watching, I was like, I don't know how this is going to play. Like, I I just don't know. But it's such a bummer because Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, James McAvoy, writ, and it's M. Night Shyamalan dealing with his Unbreakable universe. Yeah. That's a world he should know. Those are actors that are good, that he can control. I mean, it, it should have been good. Sure. Every indication was indicating that it should and have been good. And to be fair, I'll still maybe see it, it is. And I might Who like knows? it. Maybe Who it knows? But fingers, that's my question. Crossed. Is like, what do you think it would take for an actor such as a Bruce Willis to make that career comeback? Like, do you think it's possible still? Do you think he... I think it was possible four years ago. And and I'll go into this because I think one of the things that really does help with the comeback, and it's sort of what we talked about with the Betty Whites and the Neil Patrick Harris's, is that nowadays, especially with the the inflation of social media and how much into the sure. lives of celebrities that we get now, is almost the Chevy Chase effect. If you're a huge dickhole and you refuse to have a sense of humor about yourself, your career, your talent, whatever it is, then it's harder to make a comeback. Because, again, you can look at Chevy Chase. He should have had a comeback. He was a huge dick, sure. and it didn't play out. Neil Patrick Harris could have been a huge dick, but instead he decided to double down on the persona and just play with, play with it, play with himself in <laughs> front right. of everybody. And... And that worked out for him. You know, a Betty White kind of falls into that category as well, as she's just very open. She's a warm person. And nowadays, I, I really think, and I don't want to lay a lot of blame or whatever on him, but Kevin Smith's book about working with yeah. uh, Bruce Willis in Cop Out, I think showed a lot of people, oh my God, Bruce Willis well, is kind of a dick. I think it. And then when you make consistently bad choices on the movies that you take yeah. over like five years coupled with the fact that you're a huge dick in real life. Uh, comeback's I will agree with that. And I will also song. say that I think, I think um, the Kevin Smith thing talking about him actually just gave courage to more people to talk, to speak up about it because I remember Kevin Smith right. was the first person who was like, yeah, I worked with him and he was a hero of mine like growing up and I hate to say it, but he's a fucking dick. And then all of a sudden, all these other small stories started popping up and was like, you know what? Bruce Willis is kind of a fucking dick and he's like hard to deal with on set and he's he doesn't listen to people and he's rude to people and blah, blah, blah. So I think you're right. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head by saying in today's times you kind of have to live your persona on and off camera. Because he really was. And when I say like four years ago, it may even be a little bit more than that. Because when Bruce Willis was doing like Moonrise Kingdom, 
and Looper and Red, like those movies, Sin Cities, those movies were like, okay, if you can just go with this, you can, you can make it work. But then he started doing, you know, like Extraction and Precious Cargo and Once Upon a Time in Venice and Vice, not the Christian Bale one. And so when you're the biggest star in the world after Die Hard and all your action movies in the 90s, no one can tell you no. No one can say you're a dick. I don't want to work with you because he opens movies. But when you do three or four years of all stinkers and you're a dick, people get a little, it's like, well, I don't have to hire you. Cause guess what? Right. Channing Tatum also opens movies now. And Pratt also opens movies now. And guess what? Liam Neeson still right. opens movies and is not a huge dick. You know, it's, I, I really think that that is the crux of it is that there were, he chose a lot of bad movies, which you can do and still come back from, but he's also has no sense of humor about himself and is a huge dick. You know, that, and you, you actually brought up a good person there that I didn't even think about that I would like to talk about too. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson is a career. He kind of reinvented the second half of his career. Liam Neeson prior to the Takens was kind of known as a more prestigious actor and not really. I mean, yes, he did dark man. <laughs> uh, well, sure. Which is great. But for the most part, he was known as a more, the- uh, I don't know, for lack of a better term, theatrical actor. But then, yeah, like you would see, you would imagine him in an old Western or in a Shakespeare play. Exactly. He was in um, the non-musical version of Les Miserables. Um, he was just yeah. that kind of, but then he kind of a sec took a second half of his career where he kind of reinvented himself as this action star. And that's basically yeah. all he's in. Like he kind of got his own category of movies now. Like now I see something and I'm like, Oh, that looks like a Liam Neeson movie. <laughs> well, I mean, and you're right. Well, the thing about Liam Neeson is I almost wouldn't say that he would, he, he had a comeback career. Because, I mean, think about it. Liam Neeson's been in in everything. Almost every couple of years, he has a big one. You know, he had the Dark Mans. He had, um, you know, Leap of Faith and Schindler's List, um, Michael Collins, and, and some of those. But then he hit Star Wars. Sure. And he was in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And it was, you know, an action kind of sci-fi movie. Not really something you'd expect to see Liam Neeson in. But then he launched that into... Some of these other sure. action movies, you know, like Games in New York and or Gangs in New York and Batman Begins and things like that. But he was also in the Love Actuallys. He was also in, um, you know, the, the um, you had mentioned the Les Miserables. And so I never really think he went away, but I think he successfully changed the course of his career to be an, I don't want to say elderly, but second half of life action star almost launching that trend. I mean, Bruce Willis has him to thank for, for red sure. red. Never would have been made if for taken sure. hadn't been made for sure. I agree. But, un- but unfortunately for him, um, you know, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> like Liam Neeson. Is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And Liam Neeson, there was a, there was a bit that I saw. Have you, have you seen the bit on uh, one of Ricky Gervais's shows where they're trying to improv with Liam Neeson? No. Oh man, I need to send you this clip. It's it's uh it's not extras, but it's a show like extras that that Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant did okay. about showbiz. Uh-huh. But there's a, a a a clip of them interviewing Liam Neeson for an improv role in one of their shows, and they're like, okay, well let's just improv a scene and see how you do. And they're like, all right, well I'm going to the doctor, and Liam Neeson always comes back to, and I have AIDS. <laughs> And they're like, okay, I think AIDS is a little heavy for improv. Let's, you're a construction worker. Let's, you're a construction worker. He's like, I can't come in today, boss, because I have AIDS. (laughs) And it's so funny. But it is. It's just him playing with that hard-nosed, I'm a badass character. that's who he is now. I recently saw um, Widows, the Steve McQueen movie. I haven't seen that. Is it good? Holy shit, it's so good. Oh, I can't wait to see it. He plays that character again. He plays this like bank robbing, heisting kind of badass. And what's so funny is, is like, that's him now. Like when I think Liam Neeson, that's what I think now. I saw a trailer for a movie. I think it's called Cold Pursuit. 
Have you seen this yet? I think I've I've heard of it. I haven't watched the trailer. He's like a snowplow truck driver. Nice. Who then gets revenge on people who like let his son die of a heroin overdose. Does he work uh, for Mr. Plow? He does not. Oh, damn it. Uh, but, I mean, the thing is, I'll watch that movie. But I, even that I, premise sounds ridiculous. But I watched the trailer and I'm like, I'm into all it. Right. <laughs> all right. I'll watch, I'll watch it. it. I mean, and and you're right though. That persona, like Widows, is a big one because it's Steve Steve McQueen. It's got a cast of everybody under. It's the a sun. prestige movie. It, it definitely is, and I can't wait to see it. But even his other ones, like Nonstop, which is taken on a train, totally. Like it's <clears throat> even those. He's playing into that persona of I'm a strong badass. Agreed. And so I I definitely think Liam Neeson is is you know he's one to watch, guys. You should pay attention to his. His career. He's going to do big he's things. Do, I have a feeling he's a real unknown right now, but he's going to blow up. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to make, people are going to know the name. Liam Nissan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, but I mean, and honestly, I do think it comes back to, uh, there's a lot of luck, you know, let's not sugarcoat it. There's a lot of luck involved. Like if you pick one good film and you do really well in it, then that can be a springboard to do other things. Like, and we talked about Robert Downey. Iron Man came at the perfect time. He did. And he accepted it. He, he didn't did just it. accept it's it. Great. He petitioned for that role. Hard. Yeah. And only, hard. I heard and, I remember reading stories that said that he 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 was like one of those border level like annoying the shit out of Marvel. Like, I, I think I'm right for this movie. You should cast me in this movie. Like, yeah. please put me in this movie kind of situation and they were like nah he's too old like he's he doesn't you know he he, he, he doesn't, doesn't open, open movies, movies. Anymore. they were like we we're launching a, a universe like we need this and you know to be, you normally you know, choose tom cruise to launch a universe the dark universe learned that lesson very well case in case in point you always right. choose if you're tom needing cruise. to launch a universe tom cruise is your guy unless it's anything <laughs> right. other than now, mission impossible of- <laughs> I was about to say, unless it's Mission Impossible and you're working with McQuarrie, yeah. Christopher McQuarrie, whatever his name is, um, man, he has figured out a rhythm with Tom Cruise to make fucking yep. badass movies. I'm not going to lie. I do well, not like Tom Cruise. I don't like him as a person, but damn if those Mission Impossible movies well, Christopher McQuarrie, awesome. didn't he also do that Valkyrie movie? I think so. Yeah, was also I didn't see that. I heard, I heard not so great things about that one. It's a lot of good. English uh, speaking I mean, German now, Nazis in that. <laughs> that that is one is that's kind of like what are we doing with the accents here? Some people guys? have British like, accents. Some people have no accent. Yeah, it's kind of like Death of Stalin in that regard, except Death sure. of Stalin's way better. Um, yeah, that's Steve Buscemi, so we didn't talk about him. Um, but yes, that's the only thing about that movie. The rest of the movie's fine. The rest of the movie's really good. So, do you but, think? Um, that's a little, so, you know, kind of on the same line, what do you think, you know, we've talked about these actors who have made their comeback and something I'd like to touch on. How about your Tom Cruises and stuff like that? How do you think that they've managed to maintain career longevity? You know what I mean? Like those are actors that have, no matter what they've done, no matter how crazy they've been, Tom Cruise jumped on a couch talking about fucking Katie Holmes, no matter how like insane, they have been in their personal life. They somehow managed to have these like everlasting battery careers. Yeah. Like, how is that? I don't know, man. I think Tom Cruise, like if I'm specifically looking at, is it the Illuminati? Is that the situation? One Tom Cruise definitely has that in his corner. Like, let's not, let's not make any qualms about that. The fact that he is, so big in you know the realm of Scientology, sure. that definitely helps. There are documented. If you watch the Going Clear documentary, it talks about people would join Scientology because it would springboard their career. Right. Now, I think one of the things that Tom Cruise has done to go back to my point about Bruce Willis is that Tom Cruise would play with his persona. You know, after the whole jumping on the couch, Katie Holmes things. He sort of accepted it and played it up. And then don't forget, I think a big choice that Tom Cruise made that was smart on his point 
was doing Tropic Thunder. I was just about to say that when he played the like skeezy agent in the fat suit and the bald suit and the fat suit with the like the hairy hands yeah. and he was like dancing and everything. I think he is willing to be humorous enough about himself and not always be like, well, I have to be seen as the cool guy right? to know that his career can expand beyond that. I think that mentality has driven him to be able to have a consistent. So then to bring it full circle, because we're about the time where we, we should make a list. We should make a definitive list, but to, to bring it full circle, then are we saying that the key to career resurgence is being able to not take yourself seriously. Because that kind of seems to be a reoccurring factor through all of these people who have made these big career resurgences. If they have kind of owned their faults and they have accepted them and in certain cases have even put them on display and played them up as part of who they are. So that kind of public self-flagellation is what people want to be able to give you your career back? I mean, honestly, in today's I – w- I wouldn't have said that sure. in the 90s. I wouldn't have agreed with that at all in the 90s because who cares? You know, you're on talk shows. You are who you are. People know who you are through People Magazine and no one, re- no one sure. believes the tabloids. But nowadays, with the way that social media is, the way that everything is moving in the direction of – you're an actor. I know you're an actor, but I know well, I want to know you as a person. I think that world that we live in now, it's a, it's a necessary, albeit maybe not relatable one. It's a necessary evil that you are a person that people like or a person that people feel like they sure. don't hate. Sure, sure, sure. You don't have to like the person, but you can just, you just have to not hate them. Got it. And I think that's a big part of it is for career longevity nowadays and for career um, for career resurgences, because all the biggest, you know, like YouTube channels, all the biggest stars out of Instagram are people who we see their lives. And that's what people like nowadays. That's why I think Jimmy Fallon is doing well at the late night game because he's bringing celebrities in and playing silly games with them. As opposed to just saying, hey, what do you want to promote? Tell me a story that you talked about with my publicist. It's let's be silly together. Let's show you as a human being. And I think that layer is a necessity in celebrity status nowadays, unlike it has ever been in history. Got it. God, if that's the case, then you and I are primed for a comeback. We are. We are. And that's why today's episode is so well-timed. It's so perfectly themed because we're perfect. We're great right. and people love us and we give people a glimpse into our daily lives well before we've ever gotten any you know major temple And moves. now we're even going to actually give them a visual and literal glimpse into our lives. Which hopefully doesn't drive a whole lot of people. Well, away. no, I mean, once they... It's like, oh, that's what they look like? Gross. They really do have voices for radio. <laughs> um, so... So let's do it, man. Let's list it. Let's list our top five best celebrity comebacks. Let's list. This is where we make a list. List. All right. So this is it. This is everyone's definitive list of the top five celebrity career comebacks so now we've we've thrown out a lot already but we have one person we haven't talked about that i would like to throw into the mix sure is ellen degeneres okay i love it but i'm going to argue that she never really had a comeback because she's always kind of been there like i know there was there were some years where she didn't really do anything but she kind of jumped from major career thing to major career thing where she how long of a break was it between Ellen and her talk show? Let's see. That's mainly what I'm thinking of because after Ellen got canceled and they had the whole falling out because she came out on television and changed the world, basically. Sure. There was a handful of years where no one would hire All right, her. So 90, 94 to 98 was her Ellen TV series. Okay. Uh, and her Ellen talk show... 
was 2003. So she had about five years. So is that long enough that you would consider like that was, that's five years of no one hiring her, her not being in the limelight. And now let's be honest. She's one of the biggest daytime celebrities. She's all over, you know, Facebook. I wouldn't say one of, I would even say the biggest. Right. Now that Oprah's gone, is probably the biggest. So, so that's why I'm thinking of her is there was five years of nothing and now, in a medium of her choosing, she's the biggest thing ever. Or she's the biggest thing. I would thing accept that. I just, I guess I wasn't, it wasn't relevant enough to me. Not relevant. That's the wrong word. But it wasn't um, in my consciousness enough for me to not recognize that she wasn't there. You know, you know what I mean? She, in my mind, she went from giant thing to giant thing with a five-year lull in between. I mean, and I can, I can understand that. I don't think she should be number one, but I just want us to consider her for the list somewhere okay. because it, All right. I think she's bigger now than she ever was. Um, and she definitely had a, a, a span of time where no one would hire her. Sure. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm definitely on there. I think 100% absolutely definitively without question, Robert Downey Jr. has to be on there. Uh, he's my number one. And I think the way that you just said that might, you might agree. With I agree. I feel like Neil Patrick Harris has to be on there. He's I think he has one. to be on there too, but I would say Matthew McConaughey would be above him. Really? You think so? Just because of, I think Matthew McConaughey is a bona fide like opener of movies now. I don't know. I mean, I mean, look at, you know, Neil Patrick Harris is, is kind of, I mean, he's getting shows greenlit. You know what I mean? Like he's got, he, he got Lemony Snicket's, Running, running for three seasons. He was the lead in How I Met Your Mother. He had that. To be fair, he had a weird game show that only lasted like it lasted a season. four episodes. He he what he hosted. Um, I know I know he's hosted um the Tonys. Yeah, but he's also hosted a, a handful of other award, award shows, shows too. Yep. I mean, so, you're right. He's not opening movies. I don't even know that he's doing movies. Right. And that's, that's the only thing that I don't know how to rank that because I would say Matthew McConaughey is a bigger movie star. Um, I would say he has more clout than, than Neil Patrick Harris. Sure. I just don't think he's using that clout in the same way that Neil Patrick Harris is. Okay. That makes sense. That's fair. So we can, but I would say that they both should be on the list somewhere. Well, I would say that Neil Patrick, Neil Patrick Harris for me should be like a third then number three. Yeah. Um, I'd be okay with that. So Robert Downey Jr. is number one. Neil Patrick Harris is number three. I mean, personally, I would put McConaughey as number two um, just because of... But then we've got... I mean, there was a McConaissance. Like, people talked about the McConaissance. We've got Ellen on there. We've mm-hmm. got Jason um, other, Bateman. Other people for consideration. I had him as my number five. Um, look, Michael personally. Keaton, though? We talked about Betty White. To walk away from. Michael Keaton. See, Michael Keaton is is it needs to be I think needs to be in consideration. One person we didn't mention, and I think this is kind of in the same uh, vein as Nicolas Cage, whereas they might be on the cusp of a resurgence, is Macaulay Culkin. He has been popping up more and more lately, but I don't think we could. I don't think he's he could be on the list because I don't think he's made. He can't be on the list. Yeah, I don't think year. he's made his he resurgence could be on the list. yet. I agree, but I think in five years. He might be on our recalculated. Yep, I feel list. like he's getting there. Depending on what he does. Depending on what he does. Um, all right. So let's say, let's just go through the names we've rattled off and let, narrow it down to five or six that we know have okay. to be on the list. So we've talked yep. Robert Downey Jr. We've yep. talked McConaughey, yep. Neil Patrick Harris, Ellen DeGeneres, Jason Bateman, yep. Michael Keaton. Um, I mean, that's. I would say those six for me are the ones that are in the runnings. So who's getting bumped off? For me, it's it's between Jason Bateman or Michael Keaton. And personally, okay. I'd say oh man, Jason Bateman though, would have Keaton, to stay on. A Keaton had a bigger career before he went away and then a Ooh. good career now, but Jason Bateman had a smaller career before he went away and a huge career now. Yeah, you're right. So I guess what, I mean, what's we, our qualification there of how much of a career did they have to dwindle away from and then come back to? Do you have a preference? 
No. <laughs> That's just so hard. So between it's Michael like, Keaton and Jason Bateman, who should have the number five spot? I'll let you make the final decision because I'm honestly on the fence. I feel like I feel like it's got to be Jason Bateman. I'm I feel okay like with that. we. Just, I feel like we everywhere. haven't seen all that Keaton has to offer yet. I think he's yeah. also still kind of on his comeback. It's only yeah. been the last couple of years that he's really been like a presence again. So right. I th- I think. I think we're still getting stuff from him, and I would say that um, that uh, uh, wow, I just totally brain farted his name. Um, Michael Keaton. Is, no, other one, Jason Bateman. Oh, Jason Bateman. I feel like Jason Bateman has securely made his spot known as you know a giant star now. Yeah. I, I would agree. So I'm fine. So number five, Jason Bateman. Yep. Number four, Ellen number, DeGeneres. Number four, Ellen. Number three, Neil Patrick, Neil Patrick Harris. Harris. Number two, Matthew two, McConaughey. McConaughey. And one, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I'm totally okay with this list. How do you feel about Boom, it? Boom, chaka lit. That is your comeback list. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recap it. Number five, Jason Bateman. Number four, Ellen DeGeneres. Number three, Neil Patrick Harris. Number two, Matthew McConaughey. And numero uno, Robert Downey Jr. Motherfucking Iron Man. That is the definitive comeback career list for our. That's your new opinion, everybody. When people ask you what the top five uh, career comebacks for celebrities have been, this is it. You're welcome. You have to we say did it. the dirty work for you. We did. Um, so that's it. Man, Q, this, this has felt really good. This felt really natural coming back like this. Same. And now people can look forward to it every Friday. They can. So, you know, guys, uh, we're going to get back into our rhythm. We're going to release new episodes every Friday. Um, now that we're back and now that you still love us, please go on and leave us good reviews on iTunes or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Hey, we should tell people they can now listen to us on Spotify. They can. That's something else new that we worked out during the hiatus, guys, is you can listen to us. We've officially been accepted on Spotify. The Spotify CEOs and board members called us personally. They said, you guys, they were like, we have to have you on Spotify. And at first we were going to Taylor Swift it, but we decided, no, our audio deserves to be heard by the masses. They were going they were going after more of the Beatles catalog, but they said, you know what, guys, we really want to be in the high five the podcast business. And we yep. said, you know what? We know of Spotify, so we're okay with it. Sure. We'll allow it. So just search for us, high five colon the podcast on Spotify. We're on Google Play Music still on their podcast section. Um, anywhere major, Stitcher, you can listen to us there, SoundCloud. Um, anywhere you can find podcasts, we exist there now. And again, uh, just uh, we'll we'll keep saying this on on the episodes until we get uh, a, you know a million subscribers. But go on YouTube, find our channel, watch our holiday spectacular video, um, subscribe to the channel so you can see the new videos that we put out each week, um, and just get ready for a really exciting 2019. A whole bunch of new content. Follow us on all the social media things too, because you know why not? Do it. Is that it? Have we finished? Ah, God. You feel like that was enough of a comeback? Oh, I mean, you don't call it a comeback. We've been here. We've been here for years. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. What the fuck is a fear? Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass. Your boom We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E T-H-E P-O-D 
C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at hi the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Farting your skeleton out of your body? (laughs) Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happened to the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.